So we're in Romans chapter 8 today. I look forward to being in Romans chapter 8 because it's the good news. We've got good news coming. Now, Paul, he wasn't um, exactly giving us all the great news. He wasn't encouraging us with all of the flowers and flourishes that um, we uh, would want to hear from God. You know, you, you have to listen to the whole story. You have to understand the whole Word of God and how it applies to us because we can't apply the Word of God to our own lives. If all we heard was good stuff, we could sit at home and watch... Never mind. Um, if all you wanted to do was listen to good stuff, then you wouldn't be able to apply the Word of God to your lives because our lives are not all good stuff. We have struggles, we have trials, we have uh, all kinds of issues in our lives. So when we hear good news, it is mixed with uh, the struggles and the trials that we go through. Here's what Paul said as he closed out chapter 7 in verse 24. He said, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? He had been writing about all of the struggles that he goes through day by day. He struggled. This is Paul. Paul, the great apostle, the writer of one-third of the New Testament, he struggled. And he said, who will deliver me from this body of death? That tells you that the struggles that you go through are not special. They're not just your problems and nobody else experienced. Everyone has problems in their lives. And especially when you ask Jesus Christ into your life, you're going to struggle. You're going to have trials because the enemy doesn't want you to be following Jesus. He wants you to be focused on the world, lost, struggling. Paul said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Well, our mind, we are in the law of God, the power of God, not the law, the Ten Commandments, but uh, the law of God, the ordinances, the instructions of God, and we serve him in our mind, but in our flesh, we still mess up. We still get caught up in a, now that's not an excuse. That's not saying, well, it's okay. It's just the flesh. Devil made me do it. You know, you, you've heard that before, but that's not an acceptable excuse because we know that if the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, we have the power to live for Christ. We have the power to do what we can't do in our flesh. We have the power to overcome our own flesh. So Paul now provides the answer. It's Jesus who delivers us. We're no longer deceived by the one who fooled us into believing that we're good enough. Have you ever thought, oh, I'm good enough. 
I'm a pretty good person. I'm not as bad as my neighbor. I'm not. Well, in in the standards that are set by God, there is no one that is good enough. There's no one that achieves that level that God requires except Jesus Christ. That's why he came and he solved that problem for us. So our friend, the enemy, the devil, is now not in control of our lives anymore. We have a new best friend. His name is Jesus and his father is God. So that's the good news. I mean, we have a relationship with someone who can actually save us from ourselves and from the condemnation. Today's message is titled, Set Free. Paul now is going to give us the good news as we begin Romans chapter 8 in verse 1, where we read, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. No condemnation. We're not condemned anymore. Woohoo! Yes! We can be happy about that. We can be excited about that. We can't claim it as if we had something to do with it, though. That's the problem, is that quite often we try to say, oh, well, you know, I, I have been working on this area of my life. Um, you know, and, and hey, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of trying to live a better life for Christ, trying to do more for God, to, to be the person that he wants me to be. I'm, that's okay with my wife, but it's not okay with God because God actually knows my failures, my struggles. He knows all of the parts of me that are corrupt. And although outwardly people should see someone living for Christ, outwardly people should see someone that has a heart to do what's right, um, inwardly I'm still struggling with the world with the frustration of being in this body, in this world. And so I, I can't wait to go home. How about you? Because our home is not here. Our future is not here. Thank goodness. I mean, I like Fountain Hills. But heaven is going to be so much better. You know, we we judge everything based on what we can see and feel and hear and touch and you know and this is reality to us but the good news is reality is going to be so much better than what we are used to the the tangible things of our lives are, are going to be so much more improved uh, once we get out of here there's no condemnation we're not condemned anymore we have a hope beyond this world. And when it says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, that almost sounds conditional. 
only if you're walking according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. It's a condition almost, right? And so some of your Bibles may not even have that portion in it. It may not have that second part in it because there are some manuscripts that didn't have that in there. But the fact of the matter is it's not saying it's conditional. What it's saying is that as a believer you will see the life of the believer walking in the spirit. You will see that. There will be a difference, not according to the flesh, but according... Not all the time, not 100% of the time, because even Paul struggled with his flesh. Even Paul had trouble when he wanted to do things, but he didn't do them. And the things that he didn't want to do, he did. He still struggled. But if Paul could struggle with that, how much more us? And then he continues, for the law of the spirit of life in, in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. The law, what he was talking about here in verse uh, 2, for the law of the Spirit, it's not talking about the law as in uh, the Mosaic law. It's better uh, said the power. The power of the Spirit in Christ Jesus has made me free from the power of sin and death. We are now not under the power of sin and death. We're under the power of the Holy Spirit. So there are times where we feel like, well, I'm not motivated by the Holy Spirit. I don't feel the Holy Spirit. I don't... Feelings. <laughs> Nothing more than... Fe- it, it's not about feelings. It's not about how you feel. You know, I, I don't feel saved today. It's not about that. We trust by faith that the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And when we trust that, I, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Right? That's what Paul said, Philippians 4.13. He said we can do it. But he's not talking about I can do whatever I want. He's talking about I can do all things in the will of God. I, we can do all things. Isn't that good news? Because now we can trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be bound by sin and death. It almost seems like, you know the song Hotel California? I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to ruin it for you. Um, The song Hotel California is about Satan's church. It's a song that celebrates Satan's church. And one of the lines in the song about the Satanic church is, you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. That's one of the lines in the song. That's also the motto of Satan's church. 
You can check out anytime you like, but you can never live. Once you're part of Satan's church, you're not leaving. You're part of it. Well, that's not true. Even being part of Satan's church is not the unforgivable sin. The unpardonable sin is refusing to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior before you leave this earth, before you die. That's the unpardonable sin. But up until that time, you can ask for forgiveness and you can repent of your sin. I've seen it happen on people's deathbed. 90-something years old, a family member, extended family member, was... His wife was a full-on believer, full-on Christian all his life, and he just wouldn't believe, wouldn't believe, wouldn't believe. On his deathbed, he received Jesus Christ, and he died two days later. He wasn't baptized. You know, he didn't have any big testimony. His testimony was something that... He was a good guy. Well, no, not really. Uh, But he was a guy that lived a a good life as far as he followed his pursuits and he was strong in what he believed. He, He wasn't a bad person in that regard. But he made mistakes just like every other human. But the biggest mistake he made was not receiving Jesus Christ. And then he did. And it's like, okay, even at 90-something years old, on your deathbed, you can receive Jesus Christ and spend eternity with him. It's just, can you imagine the time wasted? Look at, it doesn't matter how long it is before Jesus returns. We have the opportunity to live our lives for him until that time. Amen? That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who did not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So here, that term, he's reiterating what he said in verse 1, not walking according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's living our lives for Christ in the spirit, and we do it as best as he can. Well, we have to give the Spirit. We are in control of what we allow the Spirit to do in our lives. We can quench the Spirit. We can stop the Spirit from doing the work that He wants to do um, just by ignoring the Holy Spirit. Folks, there are times that we ignore the Holy Spirit. There are times where the Holy Spirit wants you to do something, motivates you to do something, and you're like, no, I don't, you know, that, that's not coming from the Spirit. That's coming from my, my wife. She wants me to do this. Or he wants me to do this. My, my husband wants me to do this. I'm talking about my wife talking about me. But, you know, people have to be sensitive. When, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We can ask, Lord, is it you? Are you the one talking to me? My, my wife did this a few weeks ago in a restaurant, and 
you know, the Lord put it on her heart to do something that's uncomfortable for me. Um, you know, paying for someone else's meal that I've never met. I don't know anything about them. And the Lord put it on her heart. No, we're going to be doing that. Hold on. There are five of them over there. Five of them. And, and what? And, and she said, no, I really feel the Lord telling us that we, have, we should pay for it. And we did. And it was a blessing because when we paid for it, we realized that's a very low bill for five, for a family of five. And we could see they were really watching what they ate and how much they were spending and everything. And so after they realized it was us, they got up and they came over. And, you know, and the wife said to Cheryl, you don't realize how much this actually means. No, we don't. But God knew. You know, so we don't take credit for it. We weren't like, yeah, well, we're pretty nice. You know, <laughs> had this extra money burning a hole in my pocket, and uh, no, I, I didn't. Look, we had gift cards, but that wasn't the reason why we did it. We did it because the Holy Spirit spoke to Cheryl, and uh, you know, she is so sensitive, she is so discerning about many things that I trust. When the Holy Spirit speaks to her. The Holy Spirit speaks to me about different things. It's usually slow down. That's usually what he's saying when I'm driving. You know. And uh, you know. So I'm, and I'm not really good at listening. But I try. Okay. We're back in chapter 8 verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Have you ever felt that way? That I'm living according to the flesh? I'm living a fleshly life? I'm, I'm doing things in the flesh? There are times in all of our lives where we're going to feel that. Where we're going to experience that. We're going to say, you know what, this, I, this is just me doing something for me. I, I'm not considering everyone else. I'm just doing. There are some things that there, there's nothing wrong with doing like, like skiing. Now, I don't ski because that's just foolish to me. Um, but, you know, People like to ski, you know, they like to go and, and there's nothing wrong with skiing. There's nothing sinful about skiing. Uh, but if your whole life is, when can I get up to ski again? When, how, you know, how much equipment can I buy? When can I, and your whole focus in life is about skiing. Well, you know, now are you focused more on the flesh or you focus on the spirit. It, there's nothing wrong with skiing. Skiing is not sinful. So if you're ski, you're just crazy. You're, you're not sinning. But if you like to skydive, you know, my son loves to go skydiving. He, he well, he was 
he's in the army and he was a paratrooper so you know it was part of his job but now he doesn't do that anymore now he works in intelligence and and so he's doing that but he still likes to go skydiving so he goes skydiving all the time and uh, and he enjoys it going out with the guys and jumping out of perfectly fine planes and see that's not for me see I'm led by the spirit <laughs> You know, I'm staying on the ground. I'm not going up in the plane. So, in verse 6 it says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. When we focus on the things of the world, the pleasures of this life, we're not being spiritually minded. And, you know, so this whole chapter, this whole part of what Paul is talking about here is telling us, hey, we're not condemned any longer because of our past. Receiving Jesus Christ has freed us from that condemnation. But because of the fact that we're not condemned, we don't live for the flesh. We live for the spirit. Now we're living up. We, we are new creatures in Christ. We are new creations. And our new life should be controlled by the Holy Spirit. There are many influences in our world that causes us to um, live sometimes foolishly. We have the TV, we have the news, we have the internet, we have other people that can lead us in the wrong direction. Look at the stupidity that we see in the news today. Uh, uh, Some of the stuff I'm watching in the news, I just can't fathom. I don't understand. If a graduate from Harvard goes on a safari in Africa... And he goes there because he wants to see the elephants and the lions and all of that. And he goes on the safari and he has the guide with him and everything. And they're out there and, oh, look at that. That's a a pride of lions out there. And um, I I know this isn't Pride Month, but I'm going to mention the pride of lions out there that are... Um, they're, they're ferocious. These are wild animals that are out there in the wilderness. And this Harvard graduate's like, oh, lions, let's go. Let's go up. And the guide says, hold on. What are you kidding me? No, those are lions. They'll eat you alive. And he says, no, I, I was, I'm a graduate of Harvard. <laughs> I have a master, I have a PhD in psychology. And I know that they are vegan. What? 
What are you talking about? You know, they're not vegan. They're lions. They'll eat you up and spit you out. You don't know anything. I have this degree. I'm educated. I went to school for years. The president's even going to pay for it. And I'm going to go and I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to be able to mingle with these very animals that... I know that are my friends. We're going we're gonna to lay down with the lion and the lamb. It's all, it's all good. Because they're all part of God's creation. The guide would say, go. <laughs> go ahead. Have at it. Go there. If the guy doesn't listen to the guide, he's going to get eaten by the lions, right? He's not going to go up to the lions and say, uh, hold on, I, I have this degree. And, oh, hold, wow, what, what were we thinking, you know? We'll go after the other guy. And he looks more tasty anyway. It, it's not reality. The world is that guy. We are the guides. We are the ones that know the truth. We have the instructions and we are the ones that are setting the example. Lions, run. That's, we have the example. We know. And we have the truth. That's what causes us to have an impact on the world around us. So when we live by the Spirit, we're showing the world what they need to see. We're telling the world what they need to hear. It doesn't matter if they listen or not. That guy is just going to be eaten up. He's, he's going to be an appetizer for a meal. But we know, no, we're not going to go and run into the mouth of a lion. We're going to protect ourselves. You don't have to go out fighting lions to prove what you believe. But you can share the good news by living it and showing people what you believe by how you live your lives. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And the world is condemned already because it doesn't believe that. Because they don't want to listen to that. And so they're getting caught up in what the world offers. And so it may be religion, it may be science, it may be whatever it is, they're caught up in that. They believe that more than they believe God. And so we have to be that reasoning voice. The one that God, you know what? God chose to use you. He could have done it some other way. During the tribulation period, there are going to be angels flying through the heavens announcing the truth. There are going to be witnesses at the Temple Mount that are going to be speaking. And if anyone comes against them, it's just going to torch them with the word, with the flames coming from there. It's all going to be different. It's going to be weird. There's going to be 144,000 Billy Grahams. 
that are from the 12,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel. They're all going to be going out, spreading the news. They're going to be sealed in their head where that, that they're not going to be able to be killed and they're going to go out there and share the good. But it's not the tribulation. We're not at that point yet. So in the meantime, this is our time to shine. It's our time to spread the good news because the world doesn't have very much good news right now. They're all struggling. They're trying to figure it out. And they have very little hope. We can be comforted that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We've been set free from the power of sin and death. Good news, huh? Woohoo! Verse 4 tells us the require the righteous requirement of the law has been fulfilled in those who do not walk according to the flesh. And that's why we need to live by the Spirit with Jesus at the center of our lives. Accepting a Jesus is not a prayer. It's not just, oh, I've accepted Jesus. I've prayed the prayer and I've accepted Jesus. It's not just a prayer. It's a way of life. It's how we live. He's coming back soon. So let's be prepared for his return and let's have him catch us living our lives for him. Amen?